Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Plant Powered People podcast. I'm Michelle Kane, your co-host and founder of World of Vegan. And I'm Tony Okamoto, your co-host and founder of Plant Based on a Budget and Food Sharing Vegan. On this show, we talk with plant-powered people from all around the world about various aspects of plant-based living to empower you to learn, explore, and evolve in a kind, sustainable, and healthy direction, all while eating the most delicious food and having a ton of fun. Today, we are excited to bring on someone who can greatly benefit your kitchen. And I will only speak for myself in saying that I am for sure going to personally benefit from this because it's an ongoing um, battle battle in my household where my husband is like, where is the peanut butter? I can't find it in the pantry. And that's because it's totally chaotic. I shove things where they fit and everything gets lost. So we are bringing on expert Kristen Hong, author of Fridge Love, to chat with us about all the different ways to organize our pantries, refrigerators, and freezers, and to prevent food waste, best containers, how to do it on a budget, how to do it if you don't have a lot of kitchen space, which I, for a very long time, had like three cabinets in my refrigerator, sorry, in my, in my kitchen. So I, I totally understand that. And she is covering it all. I love Kristen. I've been following her on Instagram forever and her photos are so beautiful and inspiring. And I want to read you a little excerpt from her book uh, just to get into the why. It might seem like kind of a superfluous topic, cleaning our fridge, but let me read this. Just like a clean and organized desk increases your productivity at work, a clean and organized fridge will help you be more productive at adopting your healthy lifestyle. We talk a lot about the importance of practicing self-love, and usually that looks like morning yoga practice or meditation, gratitude journals, and I think all of that is important, but now it's time to add a new form of self-love into the mix, taking the time to organize and stock your fridge to fuel your healthy lifestyle. I call this fridge love. I dedicate time and effort to treating my fridge like a temple because it pays me back in good health, mental calmness, thriftiness, and a smaller carbon footprint on this earth. In short, it aligns me with my values more than any other form of self-love that I practice. I really love that in her introduction. So I wanted to read it with you and we have lots of tips coming. So enjoy this episode. But before we jump in, a gigantic thank you to Maxine's Heavenly, who has been heavenly for us to work with throughout season four of our podcast. By now, you probably know that they make healthier for you cookies sweetened with dates and coconut sugar and made with gluten-free oat flour. They have been huge supporters of our work, and we'd absolutely love for our audience to support them by trying their delicious cookies. You can visit their website at maxinesheavenly.com and use the code PLANTS25 to get 25% off. Thank you so much again, Maxine's Heavenly. Our next sponsor makes delicious, healthy snacks for toddlers and kids. The brand is called Amara and they make these organic yogurt smoothie melts that have been totally game-changing for me as a busy mom with my little one, Graham, who always wants a snack. But the awesome thing about these is that they taste like a treat, but they're actually healthy. They're these little melt-in-your-mouth, crunchy smoothie nuggets made with real organic fruits and veggies and no added sugar. They have a carrot raspberry flavor that's literally just 
just organic apple, organic coconut milk, organic carrots, and organic raspberries. And they have mango carrots. That's organic mango, coconut milk, and carrots. So if you're a mom or a dad or a caretaker of a kid, you know how hard it is to find snacks that your kids love, but that are also healthy. And these are the ones they are totally game-changing. They come in these little resealable bags that are perfect for snacking, for lunch packing, for grabbing on the go. And you can find them at amaraorganicfoods.com. I can't recommend them highly enough. If you know any parents with small kids, um, definitely let them know about Amara because these are totally game-changing. And two of their flavors, the mango carrots and carrot raspberry are totally vegan. So you can find them once again at Amara, A-M-A-R-A, organicfoods.com. And of course, we have a special code for you from our friends at Amara. You can use the code PLANTPOWER for 15% off your Amara purchase. Feel free to share it with friends and family as well. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the Plant Powered People podcast. Hi, Tony and Michelle. I'm so excited to be here today. I can't thank you enough for having me come on and to finally talk to each other instead of, you know, through DMs and, um, you know, on Instagram. So this is this is awesome. We cannot wait to dive in. We just got your book, Fridge Love, and it is so stunning. And it makes me feel like my pantry and my refrigerator and my freezer are just a hot mess. Actually, <laughs> I would say my husband and I get along really well and we have a lot of the same values and we have a very similar lifestyle and and so many commonalities, but somewhere <laughs> the one place that we <laughs> differ is our organization, organizational habits. I am um, shove things where they fit and he is more I wouldn't say he's like you, but he is very organized. And so I even had to carve him out his own section of the pantry so he could find his own, like his own favorite ingredients. So I'm, I'm really excited for, um, to enhance marital bliss, to <laughs> get, like, get your own system implemented in our pantry and refrigerator. Love it. I love that. You know, it's funny. My husband is very organized himself. So it really helps in that department to have someone who's on your side. Um, so I get it. I think that this will be a lot of good stuff that you can bring back to the table and show them that you're making an effort there. Thank you. Wait, before <laughs> we jump into it, can you introduce yourself and um, in brief, share a little bit about how you got down this path of organization and food sharing and having a platform on Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. So I, it was very organic. I just, my family members started following Dr. Furman's plant-based lifestyle, uh, the nutritarian lifestyle when I was pregnant with my youngest, who's now almost 10. And I remember seeing my mom picking her up from the airport and just being blown away by how she looked. She was just radiant and glowing. And I always say it looked like she reversed age like a decade. And I was super pregnant. And I was like, Mom, what are you doing? And she said that my dad had watched this PBS special with Dr. Furman. And he kind of just wrote everything down. And my dad does a lot of the cooking in their household. So he just started cooking um, plant-based meals for them according to that protocol. And 
it was only about three months and they both were just having these amazing results, you know, health results and, you know, how they looked and how they felt most importantly. And so I just got the book Eat to Live. I read it cover to cover. And I decided that when my daughter was about six months, that I would be ready to to do something like this. And at the time, I had a mom's blog where I would share, you know, crafts and things like that. And I decided to just keep a journal of my first six weeks, uh, the experience on my website. And really soon, it just became the most popular content. And it just so happened that as I went through those six weeks and experienced everything and, you know, it was very challenging at the beginning because I was not prepared. And I, I, it was such a new way of eating for me that it was, it was definitely difficult. And I just was very brutally honest and just shared every week, kind of like a check-in. And, um, as I enjoyed the lifestyle and after those first six weeks, I, I kind of had what I call the nutritarian feels where like the brain fog lifts and your energy levels increase and you just feel the way you want to feel. And I'm like keeping up with my toddler and my infant. And I just felt really good. And I was so amazed that eating, you know, fresh produce, so many fruits and vegetables and, you know, eliminating some of this stuff like oil and salt and reducing it, what an effect it had on my life. And so I just kept going with it and kept creating recipes and sharing them on my website. And then um, it just, it evolved very organically. And then soon enough, most of the people who are on my website were wanting to know more about the nutritarian stuff than the mom stuff. And then I decided to just rebrand it and just go all in and what I was doing and the lifestyle I was developing. And, you know, I was the only one in my family eating this way. My husband and I had two very young kids, like they weren't eating this way. and I wasn't expecting them to. Um, so it, it really was, I got to a place where it was very hard to be triple cooking because I had a toddler who wanted toddler stuff. My husband was not on board. And then there was me. Um, and of course, being the mom, your stuff is kind of left, you guys know, left to the end. And um, it just became apparent to me that this wasn't sustainable. If I was going to be in what I, I like to call it a dietarily blended family, and I was going to eat in this way, I was going to have to figure out a way to get organized and plan ahead so that I could open up the fridge and see my meals ready to go. So then I could then have the space to cook on demand for everyone else. And I think it was, I started dabbling in meal prep around like 2014, 2015. And then I really started seeing like, just with the easiest preps, like I'm talking like washing grapes and putting them in a container in the fridge. I was like, oh, that makes life easier. Not even just for me, but for my kids too, because that's an easy snack that I can give them. And then it just kept growing out from there to a point that I created a whole meal prep strategy for people who were wanting to eat nutritarian by themselves. And I created a whole six week plan with meal preps. And that's when I just went full in and I just saw the power of meal prepping and also just taking the time to organize the fridge so that when you open the doors, you're, you're able to identify easily your first, like three healthy meals at least. 
And that was just having such a big impact on my consistency with the lifestyle that I knew that this was the right way for me in my family circumstances. And then it just started impacting everyone else. Like my husband became interested. He started eating more meals with me. My kids were eating healthier by default. And when they go to the fridge, like there's, they're just kind of assaulted with all this healthy food that's really easy to grab and eat. And um, that's kind of where it happened. And then I just started sharing fridge pictures on Instagram and that instantaneously just became very popular. And what was funny was that most of the people who were interacting with my fridge pictures were not nutritarian and they were just attracted to, you know, a fridge full of beautiful produce. And the best thing that happened over those years was that people would then try out like a vegan recipe or a nutritarian recipe from my website based on seeing it in the fridge, but they had no intention of ever fully changing. So I was realizing that, you know, my website was very much geared towards nutritarians, but my Instagram was appealing to a wide and diverse crowd of different eating lifestyles. So that's kind of where the catalyst for the book began because I was getting so many questions about the fridge and how to store produce and um, organize the fridge. And it was, I, I wanted to create a book that was welcoming of everyone because that is my actual life. You know, my, my family doesn't eat the same way as me. So I wanted it to be a vegan plant-based cookbook that appealed to everyone through the lens of your fridge and how you, anyone can take, you know, 15 minutes to a few hours to decide each week what they wanted to get out of their fridge. Gosh, I love that. I love that journey. And it's so interesting to have so many content creators that now have these huge audiences and are providing such value. Never intended that to be the path. It just sort of <laughs> happened because you had yes. this gift to share that was working for you and the other people were so hungry for. The other thing I think is interesting is I wish we, I wish people could have a, a, like a photo of, of your fridge, your fridge pictures in their mind, but I guess they, they can head over to your Instagram, Hello Nutritarian, to just get a peek. But it's so colorful. And one thing that you cannot create with meat and dairy is a colorful fridge. Like yes. you, you're never going to create a rainbow in your fridge with meat and dairy and, and processed foods. You need vegetables and fruits and color the colors of nature coming together. Yes. And that's what's so cool and appealing to people. And I think it's amazing that you're inspiring so many people who that wasn't a central part of their diet to start incorporating that based on inspiration from your photos. That's so cool. That was really the biggest win of all of this. And even just my friends, close friends who, you know, they're not nutritarian at all. They're not vegan at all. But but just based on that appealing nature of what I was sharing, like pretty salads with all these different rainbow colors and the fridges, like they've started incorporating it into their lives. And to me, that's like the biggest win. I always believe that you're most effective when you're just showing what you're doing. You're not trying to, to change hearts and minds directly. It's an indirect way of doing it when that person is ready and they've kind of seen you and seen your journey. Um, I think those are the most effective um, impacts that you can have. Well, I can tell you it's a, effective because I'm seeing it and I feel ready. <laughs> <laughs> and now, I, I've been looking through your book and it's so much 
practical advice about how to do it. And then also bringing people back to what's realistic because I, I've had, I, I created a video of like a fridge cleanup and I, I made it beautiful and I did the video. And then my husband went to get food and was like, Michelle, this is ridiculous. The soy milk's in like a, a Mason jar. Like I can't pour it. Like this is not practical. And I was like, you're right. So I had to like undo what I did to make my fridge pretty. So there's this level of like wanting this picture perfect. I'm curious, like, is that real? And then in your book, you're like, okay, what are your actual goals? And then how can we help you achieve that in a practical sense? So I'm super excited to dive into all that. But before we do, you're using the word nutritarian a lot, which I love that word and and how you identify as an eater. But can you just describe what is nutritarian? What does that mean to you? Absolutely. So I consider it a subset of vegan of the vegan eating umbrella. Um, although, all right, let, let me just not get confused here. A nutritarian, they base what they eat on the nutrient value of a food rather than, you know, the calories or the protein, carbohydrates, or any of the macros. So it's really how many phytochemicals are in this food, which are, um, they're not vitamins or minerals. They're a separate thing that kind of works in your body synergistically with your DNA to kind of give you the best immunity and health possible for your cells. And the crazy thing is like, we've only identified several thousand, but there's so many more that scientists believe are out there. So this is something, a subgroup behind vitamins and minerals. Um, phytochemicals. So Dr. Furman wants you to really be thinking, hey, if I'm going to make a decision on what to eat, I want to really think about what's the most nutrient dense decision I can make. And then he goes a little further for people who the, the one I followed when I first started was an aggressive plan, where you remove oil and salt you can still have sodium from other sources like miso paste and such, but you're removing the oil and salt to really kind of give your body a cleanse. And it was really effective um, those first six weeks to go from, you know, I was a standard American diet eater to that level of, of a cleanse for my cells and just seeing how revitalized you can feel. So nutritarians eat a ton of produce because that is the most nutrient dense foods in the world. So my fridge looks very different than a normal person's fridge because I am trying to eat so much produce every day. And a nutritarian, like if you're trying to be the best of the best, and it's a, it's kind of a health excellence lifestyle is you want to be getting a pound of cooked vegetables and a pound of fresh vegetables daily. And that's just a lot of produce to have in the fridge. So it really, I had to double down on organization and prepping, um, to sustain that. And then the coolest part is my family is not nutritarian, but they eat a lot more fresh and cooked produce than I would say like the normal average family. It's really cool to see an example of what's possible <laughs> for someone striving <laughs> to be like the best of the best at eating and then also storing and staying organized and doing it all while managing a family that eats differently. So cool. I'm curious, in your book, you talk about how organizing your fridge and pantry is a form of self-care. And I really resonate a lot with that because I feel like every time I walk by my pantry, I open my pantry of just chaos. Like I just, everything is <laughs> shoved in everywhere. I open my fridge and there's like 
some embarrassing, hidden, rotting something in a mason jar far in the back somewhere <laughs> that I keep avoid cleaning, avoiding cleaning. Like that is the opposite of self-care. I feel terrible. Like it just puts a, a bummer on my day. So can you tell us a little bit about before you get into the how, like what are the benefits that you get? What can people expect when they put a little bit of time and energy into something like fridge and pantry organizing and cleaning? Totally. And, you know, I want to say like, as a busy mom, we're busy moms, right? I feel like you, you can't have everything. Like it's impossible. Like you can't be the mom with the pantry and the perfect this and the perfect that. Like sometimes you've got to decide what's more important. For me, uh, it was important. My, my eating was important to me because I had struggled for so many years with food addiction and binge eating, finding something that worked for me. So it made me feel so good and like have this calmness around food that I had never had before. It, it was a really important thing in my mind. And I feel like we shouldn't make ourselves be like, we should have this and that, like we need to go for that. It, it sometimes we're not in the right season for that. Sometimes you're just not in the season for an organized pantry or fridge, you know, but when you are there, when it becomes, I would say like that top three priority, you're eating and you really want to dive into the organization, then you step into that. Um, for me, I really started seeing that it was a form of self-love because I, I, I endured the years of trying to put everyone else's food needs above mine and how how taxing and how tired it made me. And, and oftentimes it would lead me off path and I didn't want that. So I had kind of gone through this roller coaster and, tr and tried it the other way and it just wasn't effective and it wasn't making me feel the way I wanted to feel. So I was like, you know, some, you know, we all practice different forms of self-love, self you know, from moving our bodies, um, journaling, all, there's all different types. And I've, done so many of them. And I felt like this is one of the ones that you can add to the table. And if we're talking about like 15 minutes a week, which is my first fridge goal, um, that's 15 minute gift you can give yourself and have a week worth of feeling good when you go into your fridge. And seeing that your fridge is really the showcase to how you're going to eat at home. And by treating it, making it inspiring for you, it's going to make it easier to eat at home and to not go on our phone, which is so easy now, and just dial up some food um, to be delivered. So I really felt like this is a conversation we needed to have and a different way of thinking about our fridge. Um, and you know, I want to also say like other parts of my life are not this organized, you know, and I'm not the type of person who always looks my best. Like I don't wear makeup often. Like I don't, you know, dress up that much, but I choose to put my time and energy into this. And I feel like everyone needs to make that personal decision of what's going to be your priority. And, you know, I always say, just try it out for a week or two and see how it fits into your life and, and try and see what the benefit is for your life. And I think that when people do make that effort and try and everyone who's been sending me pictures of what they're doing with the book has been amazing to see people be like, wow, I'm just shocked that like taking 30 minutes to chop vegetables for the week has reduced my food waste 
and is helping me eat healthier. And like, I, they're sending me pictures of their fridges and their meals. And I'm just so excited that people, it's kind of, people are unlocking a new way of thinking about their fridge. And it very much depends on what your personal goals are. And that's why I really try to break it down in the book like that. All right. So speaking of goal setting and as someone who really desperately needs to implement some of your strategies, what is the best way? We'll we'll talk about me, for example. (laughs) What is the best way for me who's extremely busy with work? I've got my family obligations. I have a dog who just had surgery and needs a lot of attention. I have um, a very busy spouse who I... I also support in his work um, and try to be a good wife showing up when I need to. Uh, Where do I even start? How do I carve out the time? Um, Do I need to go buy all new Tupperware? Like, I'm overwhelmed. Please help. Yes. (laughs) You know, I feel like when you're in that in that position, you have to think small and you have to go for small wins that have an impact. So I always say like, you start off with just your condiments. You go in and you do a condiment cleanse and you're like, have I used this in the last year? And if you haven't used it in the last year, it's wasting space that you can use in other ways. And you just go section by section. Like I've, I've said this to many people who, who kind of have messaged me the same thing. And it's like, start with one shelf at a time. And it can just be like, even if it's super busy, making a bin that's like eat first is a really effective way to like have intention in your fridge where you're putting like leftover bits and bobs that can easily be put into bowls and stuff during the week. And you kind of just put it in that bin as let's eat this first. And that's like your first shelf in your fridge. Then you've got like your condiments cleaned up. And then you go to the next week, you do another one if you feel like you have the bandwidth. And do not ever go out and buy new food storage because everybody's got something that they're not using that they could use, even if it's the cheap Tupperwares, because by chopping it up and putting it eye level in your fridge, you're already going to be that much more likely to eat it within the week. And then after you kind of show yourself like, hey, I'm putting in the effort, I'm doing this, and you're like making it consistent that's when I advise that people step up their storage game. And one of my favorite storage containers, and I've been doing testing, this was even after I wrote the book, is spaghetti sauce jars. And just how good they are as a mason jar alternative. And they last just as long. I've prepped salads in those jars versus mason jars, and it has the same shelf life. So I really love going into your recycling bin first and grabbing jars that you have from condiments, from um, spaghetti sauce or other sauces, and just using that and whatever set of containers, to-go containers or leftover containers that you already have. And then just like using what you have with intention and then showing yourself that it's going to have a positive effect for you during the week. And then once you get that feeling and that momentum, then you can start thinking about like leveling up your food storage. And and it was really hard because I, you know, now I'm in this weird level where I just see fridges as a kind of form of art, but that's only because I've been doing this for so long. Like 
on the spectrum. I'm very far along. So I, and that's what people really like, like that's what's getting people's attention. So in the book, I wanted to take those and really show you like, Hey, I I went on a journey to get here myself, but I would love to guide you along this journey. And it really starts with small intentional steps that are easy and always, always use what you have first. I love that. I remember going to a friend's house and they had been saving their peanut butter, their glass peanut butter jars for a really long time. And everything in their organized was in these glass peanut butter jars. And oh they had their tofu with some water in there that they didn't use up for from dinner the night before. They had um, kind of in the way that you do different storage, um, like vegetables stored in water, like celery and I think maybe carrots. And it just looked so pretty and it wasn't fancy. It wasn't like they went out and bought all new matching um, containers. And I remember thinking, I'm inspired. One day I will get it together and do something (laughs) similar. Uh, I also wanted to make another note about um, buy nothing groups. If you have things that you don't use, even if it sounds kind of weird, like half of a bottle of ketchup, I see those types of things all the time in my local buy nothing group where people decided, or maybe they bought um, a jar of, I don't know, teriyaki sauce uh, that they only used a little bit in a recipe and they don't want to have the, the whole thing cluttering up their refrigerator. They put it in the buy nothing group and like five people always want it. And it's a way to not waste food, but to not have it take up too much fridge space. Oh my gosh. I love that, Tony. I didn't even think of that. I know that that's been a movement. I follow some accounts on Instagram who are talking about buy nothing and what that means, but that is such a good point because a lot of people feel really guilty when they do like a big fridge clean out and they're wanting to get rid of like that jar of capers that they use for one recipe and they just don't use them that much. And so that's such a great idea to post it there because there are people, I always say to go to like relatives and friends because a lot of my friends, when I did this, they were like, yeah, I'll take this. I'll take that. But that's such a great point. I love it. I wonder if you could also put jars, like instead of recycling our jars, some people will use those. (laughs) So I wonder if you could also post those to buy nothing groups. (laughs) Totally. So you mentioned starting row by row. Uh, That is a good tip. I I love building small habits and doing it over a long period of time until it becomes part of your routine. So that's something I feel is an attainable goal for me. For the person who has a little bit more effort, how do you go about organizing your fridge? How does that process look for you? And say, Michelle, for example, this weekend has nothing to do never, never going to be the case. But uh, (laughs) if if for some reason, every plan was canceled, Dan wanted to take the baby out of town for a weekend. uh, (laughs) What would you recommend her process uh, to be to get a nice refrigerator that's clean, cleared and organized? Yeah. So I would say the first thing is to think about what her family needs. 
you know, because before you start doing anything, you want to have a direction. So you have young kids, you're going to want to have things that are just easy. And I think when you're in that life stage, bins in your refrigerator is a really good way to go because you can kind of just stage things in bins that you can easily grab out like a snack bin or for, you know, infants, you can have like all the milk supplies in a bin in the fridge and it kind of tidies everything up. So you get a game plan, like, this is what I want. I want to be able to open the fridge, easily see what I need, grab it out, and everything's in one place. So once you kind of have a trajectory, you take everything out of your fridge and you do a deep clean. And I always say to try to have a, um, a cooler or something that you can put everything in. And then I try to take out as much of the interior components of the fridge as I can. And then you can wash them. I don't do anything fancy. Like I don't recommend any cleaning products. Like you really can just wash a lot of this in the sink with hot water. And then you can take a rag and just wipe down the interior of your fridge. And so that you're starting with like a clean slate and it's totally something you can do in an afternoon and then put all the components back in. A good tip is if you are doing this for the first time, don't make my mistakes and take a picture of how things go back in so that you're not like, wait, how did this drawer unit go into the fridge? So you kind of document that kind of stuff. And then you wash everything up, put it back in. And then you kind of do the edit where you're like, do I use this? Is this better served as something that's taking space in the fridge? Or should I use that space for something I want to add? Like I want to have some meals for me. I want to have some lunches for me because I'm a busy mom. Um, And I want to have a shelf that has lunches. So is it better for me to keep this thing here that I'm not using frequently? Or do I want that space back? And then you kind of just go row by row that way in your shelf, the shelves in your fridge. And for example, for Michelle, we would do those bins to make things even easier for her, her son and her husband to just be able to know like, this is what I'm grabbing. This is the lunch bin. This is the snack bin and kind of putting everything in there. And you're just organizing the fridge to serve your needs. And then the other part is you want to try to showcase your produce like, and get it out of the crisper drawers. Like, This is the biggest tip I give to everyone. If there's something you want to eat and you're taking the time to go out and buy beautiful, fresh produce, then put it where you're going to see it and it's going to be top of mind when you open your fridge doors. So instead of having, you know, beets, in your crisper drawer, put them out in either a glass mason jar, or I like to separate the bottom of the beet from the beet greens because you can use beet greens in your smoothies or you can saute them or you can chop them up in your salad and just get everything pulled up out of those drawers and eye level. And then use the drawers for other things like bread is great to go in the crisper drawers. I always say you don't have to do what your fridge tells you to do. Like, you know how the fridge has um, fruits and vegetables and it's only in the crisper drawers and then they're like deli meats. You don't have to follow your fridge's directions. You can totally um, do what you want to do in the fridge. And most modern fridges have such good um, temperature regulation that there's not going to be a huge negative impact on doing that. The only thing I'll say is when you are pulling up produce and you're not storing it in your crisper drawers, you just have to protect 
it from the really cooling, drying air in your fridge. So one technique I really love that's super easy is you put your produce standing up in a jar and you cover it with either a baggie that you use to get it from the grocery store or farmer's market or a silicone bag works really well or another type of reusable bag that will just kind of create like a little terrarium for your produce. So it's giving it all that moisture that it needs, but it's protecting it from the cooling, drying air in the fridge. And once again, it's pulled up out of the drawers. You're going to get longer shelf life that way. And you're going to be so much more likely to actually eat it. So I would do the fridge cleanse, get rid of what I don't want, organize, and then I would make it an a priority to get my fresh produce showcased so that when I open the doors, I'm like, I've got those beets. I'm going to use that in a salad. I've got that kale. I'm going to saute it for dinner. And you're getting inspired from your fridge instead of opening it and being like, oh, like, I don't even want to like deal with this right now and like rummaging through bags. And you're making it easier to have those good meals that you're inspired by. And it's a more positive and inspiring experience. I love the tips that you've just shared with beets and with storing in mason jars with a bag on top. Can we dive a little deeper? I imagine everyone listening right now uh, stores produce in their fridge. And I imagine 99.9% of us are doing it not optimally. And I know there's all (laughs) different tips depending on uh, the vegetables, the produce, whatever we're storing. And then you also talk about warm and cold zones in the fridge and understanding different freshness factors and the lifestyle life cycle of produce. So what other tips do you have for people, even just pulling up specific types of produce and how you store them? Yeah, I think one of a big win is the battle with cilantro, which is... I remember before I used to do this, like my cilantro would be in a bag in the crisper drawer and would just like turn into a puddle because I would forget it was there and I would never use it. And I'd be so mad. And I feel like fresh herbs give such an impact to our food and they're so healthy. And for when you go and buy fresh herbs, you have the best intentions in the world. Like you're going to make something delicious for your family and yourself. And you know, it's, something that you really want to keep as long as possible. So put trimming the ends of the cilantro, you're kind of treating it like you would a bouquet of flowers. And you want to take out any of the small leaves that are towards the end of those stems, get a jar, this could be a reused peanut butter jar, like we were talking about, or any, any, even mugs, like I've used mugs for this too. And you trim the the ends, fill it about a third of the way up with water, place the cilantro. This also works really well with fresh parsley. And again, you're going to tent it with um, a grocery bag or a silicone bag or reusable bag in the fridge. And cilantro will legitimately last two weeks like this stored in your fridge. And I would say around day, like either the middle of the week or, you know, every four to five days change out the water if you're seeing that it's getting, you know, like there's leaves in there that are, are getting slimy, you want to change out the water. Otherwise, it just is good to go. And one of the coolest things has been people sending me pictures of their fresh herbs that have been lasting so long in their fridge. They're like, this is two week old parsley. And it just looks so fresh and vibrant still. And you're just getting so many opportunities. I like to just snip off what I need from, from the, um, from the bunch 
and then just leave the stems in there with the rest. And then as I go through the week, it just whittles down until it's just stems. And sometimes you can even use the stems to like flavor, like you tie them with baker's twine and you can put them in soups. And it's a really nice way to add flavor to your soups and minimize waste. And then you just pull that out when you're done cooking and then you put it in compost. So that's one of the, I love preserving fresh herbs. For basil and the sturdier herbs, I give specific instructions in the book and it's nuanced because basil is very finicky, but for fresh cilantro and fresh um, parsley, that's an easy win that everyone can do. Um, Another tip that I have for like berries is you can totally leave berries in the package that they come in. But I like to pre-cut our berries for the week. I'm specifically talking about strawberries because it's just easy to add them to my kids' lunch plate or when they're packing lunch for school. And a lot of people are very intimidated by pre-chopping their strawberries. But I found it to be really easy to do for my family. And you, there is drying out that happens because that's just the nature of produce once it's cut. But if you put them in a glass storage container or even a mason jar, a shallower mason jar, they'll last five, six days, even longer. And they're still good, delicious and fresh. And I give instructions in the book on how to wash and drying is very important if you're going to pre-chop strawberries. So definitely take the time to dry them before cutting them. I either cut them in half or in fourths. And then I like to use the Pyrex glass snap lock containers. I've had the best shelf life consistently with that set. And I've had like my original set that I bought from Costco in 2013. It's still going strong. Um, So I highly recommend those for really good quality glass storage containers. And we'll put the strawberries in there. And in my family, they're done eating them by day five, six. But I've had them go like a week that way. And again, it's important to note that everybody is going to have there, you're going to be on a different point on the freshness spectrum. And I go into all of those factors in the book. So when I'm giving this advice, remember that your particular fridge and the conditions in your household and your climate are all going to impact this. Um, But those are some of the ones I get the most questions about that I think listeners can start doing right away and have a really good impact. I love that. One other tip with herbs, since they can, a lot of times a recipe just calls for like a little bit of cilantro and you have this big bunch. I've recently started making salad dressings that you could just pop. Like a a lot of these salad dressings call for an entire bunch of either cilantro or parsley or another herb. And you drop the whole bunch, stems and leaves and all into a blender with other ingredients. And you've got like the most delicious salad dressing, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and so others, you want to use up your old things. Another Love cool it. tip is the um, the freezing technique of you of of mincing it and popping it in to either water or a little bit of oil, and then putting the liquid with the herbs into ice cube trays, and yes. then keeping those stored in a container in your freezer, so that when you want um, to saute something, you can do it in those like herb infused 
either oil or water. And I've seen those so much on Instagram and TikTok Mm -hmm. and they're so good. And, you know, another good freezing tip is also like when your berries are about to go bad, they're just starting to soften. I try to keep like a little half sheet pan in the freezer. And so I have a little area to self freeze fresh produce. And it's so good for berries because then you can use those in smoothies or you can turn it into like a chia jam. And it's just an easy way to reduce, reduce food waste. Brilliant. Okay. So speaking of the freezer, give us your freezer tips. (laughs) Mine, (laughs) I've multiple cycles in life tried to organize my freezer. And again, it just always ends up into like all these bags that get shoved in of frozen food. So do you have any tips for that? Totally. If you have a lot of bags going on, you have two options. You can either bin it up where you're stacking bins, depending on if you have a side-by-side or a freezer top or more of the drawer style. I've noticed, because I have all three now, because I was determined when I wrote the book that I was going to show the three main types of fridges and how to organize them. So I have each type. And my French door fridge, which has like a drawer style freezer, it does really well with bags, especially in the lower deep drawer. So I kind of treat it as like a filing cabinet. And I just arrange the bags in a way where you can see it all at one glance and you know what's in there. And you don't have to transfer them out of the original bags. You can leave them in their bags. Then there's like that middle drawer where I like to have a shallow bin Or you can use that space for self-freezing like I was talking about before. And especially like right now in the summer and the produce is so delicious. Like I always try to freeze berries during this time of year and then transfer them to a bin so that I can kind of stretch out the summer into the fall a little bit because I'm a Californian and I'm snobby about produce because I'm so spoiled. So like I want to have those amazing tasting strawberries and raspberries stretched out. So that middle drawer is definitely either shallow containers. You can do boxes in there, or maybe if you want to have that self-freezing zone. And then the top part of my um, French door freezer drawer is where I put all of my family's meats. Like we use mostly frozen meat in my household. Just for me personally, after being vegan for almost 10 years now, it's hard to to see meat in my fridge. It's not inspiring. So I go with the frozen option and that's kind of like their zone to have for my husband and my kids. Like that's where it is. And it's the one that I don't see as much. And then up there, I have used bins to kind of organize that. And also like if there's popsicle boxes or something like that, it works really well on that drawer in a French door style freezer. In one of like what I call like a basic model fridge where you're going to see those a lot in rentals, like apartments or house rentals where the freezer's on the top, I found it really helpful to have like two baskets and I like to use wire baskets there. And that way you can have space to put all of your bags and you can also use bins there also. You can do the whole thing in bins where you kind of open the freezer door and you just see what levels you are at for everything by having them in bins. Um, But if you still want to have some bags, then using those metal style bins is a really good way to go in that type of freezer. And then I I love organizing the um, side-by-side freezer because I'm very tall. I'm like over six feet tall. 
So it was cool to have a side-by-side fridge where the freezer is like right there, you know, eye level also. And for that one, it's so hard because you're pretty much only using vertical space. So I really recommend bins and a real, a good brand is the Rubbermaid. Um, they're plastic bins, but they are stackable and they have different sizes. Like they have a deeper size and a more shallow size. And you can do bins in that, whatever the biggest space is in your side-by-side fridge freezer. That's where I would recommend stacking things because it's going to help with what I call like a bag avalanche where you just have bags and boxes in your freezer and you go to pull one out and then it all just <laughs> comes pouring out. Um, so I always recommend thinking vertically there and you can even use stuff like magazine holders to put bags in, in a side-by-side freezer, just so that you're getting more stability and you're not having that issue where everything's falling out. So it's really based on using vertical space. And I give examples in the book of different ways that you can do each type of freezer. Fascinating. I love all your tips for using what we have. Let's move on to the pantry. I know people have all different types of pantries, but um, what are your tips specifically for that? So when I give any pantry tips, it's coming from someone who doesn't have a pantry. <laughs> like we have a, our house is a 1960s ranch house and they took out the pantry and kind of gave that space to the garage. So when we bought this house, it's our first and only house, uh, I really had to get creative on creating pantry space. So I got a unit from Ikea. I think it's the best unit. And I used that kind of as a china cabinet slash pantry. And I made that one. And then after, I think a few years, I got a kind of standing shelf next to that where I could put like produce that I was going to keep Um, out of the fridge. And then I, as I became like a food blogger and had even more stuff going on, I needed to get racks. So the examples I give in the book, I show all of those different things that I use. And for pantry racks, I treat it very similar to the fridge, which is I'm creating a lot of recipes. It's super inspiring for me to see my spices like laid out in color order. Like it just, I like walking by it. It, it just gets my juices flowing and get, gets me into that creative space to develop recipes. So I like to have the things that are most inspiring to me displayed and then other things, you know, like the canned beans and, and you know, the staples that I use, I will put in the other unit because it has closed doors, but anything that I really want to focus on, or that is super inspiring to me, I like putting it in the pantry rack. And for the technical, practical side of pantry storage, it's really about what produce is stored in the pantry, which is, you know, potatoes and onions, garlic and shallots, that type of thing. And I got a good set of bins um, that I put in my pantry cart that I store those types of things in so that they are in a dark, cool place as much as I can. And, um, that has definitely helped with shelf life for that type of produce. So for the pantry, I mean, I, there's so many gorgeous walk-in pantries all over the internet that are just so drool worthy. 
Um, but I just have a really practical approach to it because pantry space is so limited in my house. So I just do bins in like that Ikea unit for my kids where it's like their snack bins and they know that that's where they go to get their snacks. Then I have like my cooking staples and then in the pantry cart is where I've got like my spices, my um, dry produce storage and kind of like all the grains and beans uh, that we use the most that I, my, like my favorite recipes. So there's always oatmeal. There's always like golden lentils, um, you know, so I try to put that kind of stuff. And then I have an area in the kitchen, like a cabinet where I put all of like our baking supplies. So the flowers and all of that are in a area where we're actually cooking. So for me, it's all spread out. And I think that's what I want to say. Like, there's so many amazing beautiful pantry spaces. And I will love to be one of those people one day. But what do you do when you just don't have the space? You've got to get creative. And you've got to think like, practically, like, where am I doing the cooking? And what is what am I getting from this? So for me, as someone who's a, you know, recipe developer, inspiration is very important to me. But to someone else, it may not be practical. So I talk about that um, in the book and it's really, again, setting what you want. Like don't let all the pretty pictures dictate what you do with your pantry. And the other thing is you're going to learn over time what suits you best. Like I, Michelle, you were talking about like decanting your milk and it wasn't something that was sustainable or practical. So you might set up a pantry and it looks amazing, but then you live with it. And you really are like, okay, that's not working. And I'm always changing things around based on that. Um, and I, I kind of take the same approach to when you decorate a house. Like you want to live in it and really see what are you using the most and what spaces are being used for what purpose and, and approach your pantry the same way and get creative. And, and it can also be a place of inspiration. And you don't need to follow anybody else's rules but your own. Um, when it comes to your pantry. Now for food storage, like I recommended, those bins are really helpful if you do have a pantry rack type, type pantry to make sure that you're protecting um, that pota the potatoes, onions, and shallots and garlic and getting the longest shelf life as you can. I love all of this. Two of the pantry things that I've implemented that have actually not only worked for me, but have brought me just so much joy when I'm in the kitchen. One of them is um, storing my dry goods in mason jars, which is kind of, it makes me happy for multiple reasons. One, it reminds me and sort of forces me to buy in bulk, which is more sustainable. It's more budget friendly. It just kind of pushes me to make the better choice there. And then I come home and I just take my reusable bags and put put the dry goods, you know, the beans, the lentils, the grains, I pour them into their jar, their mason jar. And then you can see exactly what it is from the front. And it just looks so beautifully when I, it was so beautiful when I opened my cabinet, I can see everything. You can use reused jars so you don't have to buy anything fancy. So that's been really great. And then I have really big ones for the stuff I use a ton of. So like I have a huge jar for oats and it sits out on my counter and I have a huge one for rice and it sits out on my counter. So that's like one of those beautiful things that's also practical, budget-friendly, sustainable, and has worked. And the other thing for me is spices. Before this call, I was just telling Tony about, I have a spice drawer and it's like one of my favorite things in life. It's like such a simple little <laughs> silly thing. But it again, it just brings me so much happiness. And I never considered putting spices in a drawer until I 
moved into a house that had this big long drawer that just kind of fit it perfectly. But you could really use like any big long drawer and being able to store them. It was the first time I guess I had taken some TLC to treat my spices with some love and care rather than shoving them all in a cupboard on top (laughs) where you can never see what you have. You can't find them. You don't know. Like it's just a mess. Um, And now I can pull open my drawer and everything's flat. Everything's, you know, in order and they have these little, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. So those two tips have been so, so useful for me. Um, And I love just kind of flipping through your pictures and also just scrolling through on Instagram. You can see ideas that you know, like, oh, this would totally fit into my life and I would totally use this or maybe this wouldn't be practical for for me. So just like scrolling through your photos, you've you've showed so many different ways of of organizing and presenting food and different types of fridges and situations that um I think that will be really helpful for people as well. Yeah, I love that. I love and I say in the book, I never felt like such an adult until I did that to my spices. <laughs> like it was such a nice gift I gave myself to do that. It has always been something I've admired when I've seen it. And I was like, just putting everything in a jar. I use like the, the small four ounce Mason jars because I like being able to, to put my measuring spoons in really easily. And it just was something that was visually pretty inspiring. And it made me feel like a grown up. It's so true. And you know, when you're out of something like you, you just, it, it becomes, I mean, not just for spices, but also for things like rice and oats and everything. It's not just shoved somewhere where you're like, you go to make a recipe and you're like, oh no, the bag's em- almost empty. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you can see it. So when you're planning a trip to the grocery store, you automatically know what you need more of, which is so, so helpful. And this might be a little OCD and I don't know if you use label makers <laughs> at all, but at some point a couple of years ago, when I was like full on into adulting mode, uh, I got a little <laughs> label maker. And it's so fun to like create a space and just know like, okay, this container will be able to hold the amount of like rice or oats that I want to have on hand until it's, you know, until it's gone. And then you put a little label on it and it's so satisfying. It is. It's super satisfying. And I agree. You know, this is again, going back to the theme of being able to easily see what you have on hand. That is like, so important for food waste purposes and for budget purposes. You know, nothing's worse than like buying a spice that was in the back of the spice cupboard and you just didn't see it. And now you bought another one. Like, so I, I agree. It's about being able to look at a glance and easily see what you need and what you're running out of. That is, you know, it's even the practicality and the inspiration are like tied there, you know. I have one last big question before we start wrapping up. I cannot believe how fast time flew by. There are there's so many good things to talk about with the subject. Um, for people who are on a budget and who may not have a lot of kitchen space, I know that for a long time, I have lived in multiple different places, all with a very small galley style kitchen with like three cabinets. Uh, so for those people, what are your best tips? So I am one of those people because I have a small galley style kitchen. And again, my tips are really think about where you're cooking and what you need to grab a hold of fastest and create those zones. So like I said, 
I don't do a lot of baking, hardly any. So the baking supplies in that part of the cabinet are up high and they're not in my usable space. The drawer next to my oven used to be our junk drawer. And one day I was like, what am I doing? Like, why would I put, why would I use the most important drawer as a junk drawer? So then I got rid of that and I put the spices that I cook the most with, like nutritional yeast, um, onion powder, garlic powder, salt, pepper. I put them in that drawer and I tested it out and it was like life changing. So it's really, since space is at such a, a premium for us in that situation, you really want to think of your key areas like that drawer next to the to the um, oven and the cabinet next to the oven. Like those should be the places where you're getting most of the things that you're cooking with the most frequently. And then it's just about ease of use, you know, and that's where it really goes back to what do you what am I actually doing in the kitchen and where could I move something that would make my time in the kitchen more impactful and not have to be there as long. So I do a lot of food prepping. And some of the little tips I have there is I went to the thrift store and I I wonder if people think this is gross or not, but I got used like measuring cups and I got a few of them, like a few sets and I have a little bin and I keep them all in there. And this was something that really made my meal prepping go faster because I'm making multiple recipes um, in one go. And instead of taking the time to rinse out a measuring cup, I would just move to the next one and then I would rinse them all together. So it's a way of like speeding up the process. And that was something I learned myself. Like I can make this easier for myself in a budget friendly way. Um, so I have that then I need to do an Instagram story of that because I think that would be really helpful for people. Or if you're in the same boat, you can also have like a bowl with some water on your um, kitchen counter where you can easily just wash things out quickly and move on to the next recipe if you're meal prepping. And f- when you're, I feel like when you have a kitchen with limited space, you just really like, I have some of our food, like long term food storage that's in an underneath cabinet. Um, so like I have back stock there so I can refill the pantry from there, you know, especially like canned goods that last a really long time. So I have a lot of zones in my kitchen that are very, for a very specific purpose. And I just try to always treat the things that are the closest to what I'm using the most to make them the most impactful and make it what you're, what you're reaching for the most in the foods that you're cooking. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your expert tips. I feel I feel inspired and I also feel better about setting realistic expectations. I feel like it's easy <laughs> to look at your refrigerator, someone who is a seasoned organizer in the kitchen and feel like, oh man, I could never do that, but I really wish I could. Um, and you have given us steps to take to eventually get there. And I appreciate that so much. It's not an all or nothing thing. It's something that you can progressively work towards and start small. And I just appreciate appreciate your approach. And I recommend everyone check out Fridge Love, which we will include in the show notes. Uh, In the meantime, where can people find you online? So I'm most active right now on Instagram where I'm sharing, you know, several times a week. 
And I'm really in a time now where I'm trying to share a lot of diverse fridge tips and just it's impossible to be able to serve everyone's particular needs. So I really am trying to show a variety. Like if you're eco-friendly leaning, this is a setup for you. If you want to do something that is, you know, you're more curated and you have matching sets, this is something for you. So it's a place where I really hope that people can get inspiration for their fridge. And like you were saying before, guys, like picking and choosing what you want to take, what you want to use and what you want to leave. So Instagram at Hello Nutritarian. And then I have my website, hellonutritarian.com. And my favorite thing is sending weekly emails to um, my email list and kind of just sharing what's top of mind during that week and things that I'm up to. And um, the next big thing is I'm really trying to turn Fridge Love into a show. So that's what I'm doing right now. And that's what I'm working on is trying to get this shopped out to producers as a fridge makeover show. So I'm super excited about that. And I just kind of posted a little um, book trailer on YouTube recently where I'm kind of using that as a way to gauge uh, people's excitement to potentially go to people's homes and help them uh, make over their fridge and make it a tool for their health. And I'm really, really excited about that. So that's what I'm going to be up to for the next few months. And um, yeah, so my website and Instagram. That is awesome. Well, thank you again. And we will be wishing you the most success in your effort to have a show and move over home edit because (laughs) everyone wants to learn how to preserve their food. We appreciate your time, Kristen. Thank you again. And we'll link everything in the show notes. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks so much, Tony, Michelle. A quick reminder before we close out of this very special last episode of season four. uh, Thank you to our sponsors of this episode, Maxine's Heavenly, the makers of better for you, wholesome cookies with clean ingredients. And you can get 25% off with the code plants25 at maxinesheavenly.com. You can also keep an eye out for them in stores. And Amara, the makers of the best healthy, organic, plant-based friendly smoothie melts. And you can find them at amaraorganicfoods.com. If you're a parent or know any parents, definitely point them to their vegan flavors at amarafoods.com. Thank you so much to Kristen for coming on and sharing those expert tips. I know that I mentioned this in the interview, but I think my biggest takeaway is start somewhere. I'm going to go and focus on one shelf in my refrigerator and not even one of the big shelves, one of the side shelves. I have one of those dual door door refrigerators. So I'm going to work on one little tiny shelf and feel good about that for the day. And I'm appreciative for actionable steps forward because otherwise I'll just think about it forever for years to come and not do anything. Uh, Also, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that this is the last episode of season four. Michelle and I worked really hard this season, putting out episodes almost every week because of our wonderful Patreon supporters and because of our wonderful sponsors of our podcast. We've been able to 
really bring on some high caliber guests. And I feel like we've elevated our podcast and I, I know I'm tooting my own horn. So I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds very forward, but I'm really proud of us, Michelle. Me too. We were talking the other day about when Tony was like, we should start a podcast. And it feels like just yesterday. And it's so crazy being here. Uh, let's see how many 82 episodes in <laughs> and we've already started plans for next season. So the way that our podcast works is it is seasonal. We're going to be taking a break now until mm, about October. We might have a few surprise episodes coming up before then, but we will see. And then we will launch full back in. We have some really exciting topics and people that we're bringing on next season. So we're so excited for you to stay tuned. Please stay, stay subscribed. And because there's going to be a little break, now would be a really great time to subscribe to our podcast e-newsletter. You can go to plantpoweredpodcast.com and just drop in your email and then you'll be sure to uh, get a notice when our podcast season five kicks off as well as some other fun things for us. In the meanwhile, we are never leaving you without handholding. We will be posting on our Instagram channels every day and free recipes for you coming on worldofvegan.com and plantbasedonabudget.com and foodsharingvegan.com and our e-newsletters. We just, we're constantly working to try and help you along your plant, plant-powered path. Um, and we're, we're, going to be saying goodbye to this episode, to this season, and excited to jump back in um, later this year. Thank you all so much for listening. We're immensely grateful to hear from you, to know that you listen. And uh, it just warms our heart all the time. We talk about it every episode with our reviews. Uh, but even if you don't feel comfortable leaving your review, you can reach out to us. And if you find something helpful, it keeps us inspired to continue moving forward with episodes and seasons to come. A hundred percent. If you're excited to do even more than cleaning your fridge and want to start doing some meal planning, don't forget we have plant-based on a budget meal plans for you at plantbasedmealplan.com and lots of other tips and resources. And if you do want to support the show and become a Patreon supporter, oh my gosh, it means the world to us. And you can find that at patreon.com slash plant-powered people. We'll have everything linked in the show notes as always. We wish you the most beautiful rest of your summer and season and day or night whenever you're listening and we will talk to you in the next episode thanks everyone bye bye